1: Yes, sir. We're right back at it here on All Eyes on Cleveland. I am your host, Brad Ward, ready to bring you a quick hitter, a little bit longer than a quick hitter edition tonight. We're going to talk about Olivier Vernon and his restructured deal. David Njoku requesting a trade two days after he hires uh, a new agent NFL protocols, uh, the NFL versus the NFLPA, are they making any uh, headway, any traction there? Uh, JC Treader tossed in the middle of that in a tough spot. Is that influencing the way you feel about JC? Jadavian Clowney, is that the end of the Jadavian Clowney rumors now that uh, Vernon has a restructured deal? Uh, Fans at the Baltimore game, the opener. Raheem Moster wants a trade out of San Francisco. Players told the uh, uh, owners and and the league to kick rocks on that 35% escrow deal. No exchanging jerseys after games. Players got their way on the opt-out. We'll talk a little bit about that. Cam Newton posted a video today with his new uh, Patriots wide receiver, Keneal Harris, and Odell Beckham Jr. was there, even though you couldn't see him. You can't see me. Uh, Nine, and then the very important part of the show, the nine most complete teams in the NFL by Adam Sheen. Talk a little bit about... Other things that come up as we go, but you are locked in with all eyes on Cleveland. You start getting excited. And there it is we're back in full effect all eyes on Cleveland Mikey on the ones and twos doing his thing you can find our show where all popular podcasts are found including iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud Spotify, Stitcher iHeartRadio the tune in Radio.com and Google Play will be published tomorrow morning at USA Today's Sports Media Groups, the BrownsWire.com. Uh, of course, the webpage is all eyes on as well. So uh, we're glad to uh, be here with you tonight uh, and hash some of the goings on with your Cleveland Browns and around the NFL out here. Uh, this is a show where we commonly interview the top personalities in the Cleveland sports landscape. That was supposed to happen tonight with the one and only G. Bush. G. Bush had a family emergency. Uh, will not be able to make it tonight, so you are stuck with me. But we got good stuff. We got great stuff to talk it over. Well, you stuck with me and Mikey. Yes. We've got good stuff to discuss tonight. So, yeah, we'll be published tomorrow morning at USA Today Sports Media Group, and uh, we'll get all that handled. We've got some really special guests coming in the coming weeks, including G. Bush rescheduling next week. uh, We're going to get Andy Benoit on the show from... Um, Sports Illustrated's uh, Monday morning quarterback. Uh, we've got um, some additional people that I don't even want to say their names. They're so big. Uh, but uh, we're really ramping it up here. I uh, hope you guys uh, enjoy the pictures of the home studio, if you saw those on Twitter, uh, just about complete. Um, Also, John Tiedemann got his uh, T-shirt that he won here from the show. We tweeted that out as well, him wearing the T-shirt. I know Eric Metcalf's T-shirt is uh, close to his place. He's going to take a picture sporting one of the All Eyes on Cleveland T-shirts and uh, tweet that out as well. So look for all of that, and you can go grab your own apparel. Um, we'll do another giveaway here in a couple weeks, but you can go go grab your own apparel at T Public, uh, and then uh, uh, the actual uh, link to my store there uh, is posted multiple times on my Twitter timeline, which is at Ward on Sports, and then you can follow the podcast at uh, All Eyes on Clee. Um, Let's, let's get into some things going on here. So I, I touched on this last week with the Browns, uh, quote, unquote, kicking the tires on uh, one Cam Newton. Uh, I kind of semi-ranted on this, like why would they even entertain the idea of doing this? I've heard some of the same since then, like... like does that mean anything for Baker? Does it like does Baker can Baker you know look at that situation and say, wait a minute here? They just uh, talked to Cam Newton. What for? Right? Like, is it really that dire straits for me? Is my seat that hot? Is is the leash that short? And. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't think it is. I don't think it can be. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, the guys that drafted him or the guy that drafted him, John Dorsey, is gone, right? And when that happens, tends to put that quarterback's future on a little more unsolid ground, right? Right? Than it would be as if John Dorsey was still the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. Now, he's not. Andrew Barry was part of that selection. To what degree he had anything or had any say to do with that, I don't know. I think Stefanski likes Baker, uh, despite what happened with this cam situation. So I don't really take that as, like, a lot of people are like, this is a put up or shut up year for, for Baker. Hey, l- listen, I get it. He's got weapons, but Freddie Kitchens had no clue what he was doing, um, offensively. And he's had now, this will be his fourth head coach in three years fourth offensive coordinator in three years this is not ideal for a young quarterback and he had the rookie touchdown record he looked bad last year but let's talk about that for a minute the ways that he looked bad The ways – sorry, I got a uh, text message there. and got to answer this one. Yes. Okay. Uh, the ways that he looked bad, not so much his decision-making um, at times bad, but not so much his decision-making, but more so fundamentally. Like his feet just seemed to me – to be all over the place. Like, there were times when guys are open and he's his feet are facing the wrong direction and he cocks back and throws it. You know, he's got a great arm, throws it 100 miles an hour in there, and he doesn't need to. It's like he has that ability, right, to get out of the pocket and make a crazy play where his feet aren't set and he throws it downfield, and it's a missile, and it's right on target. But when you're in a clean pocket, you don't need to do that. You know what I mean? So I feel like he did a lot of that kind of stuff when he didn't need to. Um, He also was, for his, you know, he was lauded as this accurate, accurate quarterback, and he very much was in his rookie year, but... Last year, you'll find in the tape that it wasn't the decision-making as much and more often than the decision-making. It was just the receiver was there, and he was very inaccurate with the pass. And I think a lot of that comes with that footwork, and the fundamentals just weren't sound. And I think that's a departure a little bit from, like, when he says he you know, he thought it was gonna come easy or or whatever, but he needs to, and I think that this is part of what Van Pelt is doing with him, working a lot with his footwork, but he needs to get back to the fundamentals. I mean, a clean pocket means you're stepping up and making the throw appropriately paced and appropriately Uh, with appropriate touch and in the appropriate location where at times I think he just made things harder on himself than he needed to be now at the same time as bad as it was the interceptions were awful he still makes game-changing plays he still pushes the ball down the field he still puts your team in a matter of two plays, right, in a position to score. He's explosive that way. He's He makes big plays. He's a game-changing – he has game-changing traits like that, and that's something that was still there last year in all the bad. So number one – Overall pick, I I don't even think this is like his make or break. You can't say say he has a an average year and the Browns go nine and seven, which would be, you know, probably a little disappointing for me. I expect them to win ten games this year. I really do. Um, you can call me as crazy as you want, but I expect them to win ten games this year. If, if say he does. They go nine and seven or eight and eight. Like that's not good enough and, and a lot of that will reflect on him, but that's not bad enough that you move on from him either. So like in evaluating his play, you don't move on from a number one overall pick like, Hey, I don't care how many head coaches you had in three years, you know, or how how screwballed uh Hugh Jackson is And uh Freddie Kitchens were deal with it, you know, you're this is your last chance, you're done. Doesn't work that way for me. I would like to see what he has in another year. So I don't really look at it like that. Now this Cam Newton thing brings a whole new light onto that. Some people will interpret that as, hey, you know, they're they're not sure about Baker. I don't know if that's what it was. It certainly was curious, though. And, and that's what I talked about last week a little bit at the end of the show, is, is why even entertain that idea? Because all that does, if you were to bring Cam Newton in to Cleveland, hypothetically, um, all that would have done is just cause havoc and... He can't be a backup on any team like that. Like he's not your he's not your backup quarterback that comes in. I mean, immediately everybody on that roster is gonna say, Hey, this guy, this guy's throwing darts. This guy's a stud, right? What are we doing? What are we doing with uh Trubisky out there? What are we doing with uh Foles out there? What are we doing with Phillip Rivers as our starter? We got Cam on the roster. Cam's lighting it up, right? Same thing could possibly happen in Cleveland with Mayfield. So I just, why even do that? You're already paying a backup that knows the system like $18 million. Uh, that's a lot of money for a backup. That's what, I mean, it's worth it for a good backup in the NFL. One, two games without your starter, can knock you out of a playoff race or cost you that season. So having Case Keenum there that knows the system, that's the fans he trusts, I think is huge for the Browns, so worth every penny to me. But why they kicked the tires on Cam Newton and the only other team besides the the Patriots remains a mystery to me and doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh curious to what that actually means a lot of people telling me i told you they told you just calm down brad just calm down you know they're just kicking the tires on him well you know oh man i don't know i don't know it just seems like why even entertain that why even entertain that option that's not an option that's realistic for the browns i don't think why, how that would be realistic at all. Moving on from the Cam uh, Newton saga, because he is firmly implanted in uh, the um, New England Patriots offense now and roster. Uh, but a another video, as Cam looks absolutely... Huge and his arm does look good, I must say, especially in this last video today that we saw where he is throwing with uh, Keneal Harris, uh, 2019 first round pick of the Patriots. Uh, and I guess Odell was there, according to the Instagram video Odell was there they did not show him running any routes or catching any passes but I guess he was there working out now speaking of Odell videos I would urge you to go to our website at Brown's uh not the not the um podcast website but our website uh which is um USA Today's Sports media groups, the BrownsWire.com, should already be subscribed there uh, and getting all your updates and notifications from there. It's everything you need, Browns. Um, I had an article there this week uh, uh, called uh, What the NFL is Considering uh, for the Preseason, uh, something to that effect. Uh, And it was touching on a lot of the stuff that Tony Pauline told me in last week's interview and uh, some things that were coming to light this week uh, about the negotiations that the NFL and the NFLPA are in the midst of now as we get kind of up against it for training camp. Uh, and, and that had a lot of the rumors and the inside information that I could gather there as Tony was fantastic uh, with uh, giving us uh, a lot of uh, stuff we hadn't heard or hadn't been reported yet that he had just broke that morning. We timely enough got him on the show uh, to uh, get that breaking news as well. So I uh, threw that into an article and, and got that up at the Browns Wire, but Needless to say, uh, the reason I am talking about it now is there is a video on there um, of Odell Beckham Jr. with his doctor um, and going over his rehab. You'll see it. uh, You can go on there. I retweeted it, actually, and wrote great video above it. So if you go to Ward on Sports, you can get it there. Uh, Or you can go to uh, at the Browns Wire, uh, or if you're just uh, you know perusing the web, you can go to uh, thebrownswire.com and check out that video. Pretty cool stuff. All the stuff they've been doing with him, working on him, getting his speed uh, to top levels uh, as he recovers from that core muscle groin injury, surgery that he had, but he is 100% back is the word there uh, and should be good to go uh, on the 28th, knock on wood, if that is the day that this all kicks off, which I, I think it will, I think it will be, so check out that video as well. Um, Brown's news this week, two major topics, okay? Uh, we have the, uh, restructuring of Olivier Vernon's contract, uh, to, uh, you know, he goes from a 15 million, you know, no dead money. Basically, they could have cut him at any point and he would have walked away with nothing, right? So, uh, in this situation it serves both sides uh relatively well as he gets 11 million now guaranteed uh he can get another two of two million of that 15 back in um with uh accelerators in his deal or incentives in his deal and then um now so now he's you know he's on he'll make the team uh no they're not going to cut him you know so the question there you know a lot of people are inferring that that takes the browns out of the clowny running and then and a lot of people are like are like okay so who's next then so then we're going to go look at uh his name escapes me now but you know Maybe in Gakwe, or are they going to go look at uh, the guy from uh, Minnesota? Just slow your roll for a second here because the Browns already really added that depth with Adrian Claiborne, who is a beast and a rotational piece. So if you go Vernon Garrett Claiborne, And then who knows what you get out of uh, the rest of the depth there. Um, You know, it's interesting. But I think that Claiborne provides that third piece in a true rotation that you need. Yes, it's true. Shane Carter wrote me on, you know, he's been a guest on the show. I respect his opinion. You can never have enough edges. I agree. But, um the, the NFL and the, where the money situation or financially how the NFL is right now is tricky. Uh, they don't really know what's going to be what next year. So, like, you're going to see a lot of extensions and things like that uh, put off maybe for longer than normal um, just because teams are uncertain of what the 21 cap's going to look like. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, as Tony talked about that last week. There's um, some developing news on that topic. We'll hit that. Uh, but, you know, I don't necessarily think... Here's the thing. If, I, if, if they were going to sign Clowney, I wanted him to keep Vernon anyways. Right, like I didn't want to swap them out necessarily. Like many people said, oh, they're offered fifteen million. Well, I've talked to multiple people that said they offered as high as eighteen million, and also read a couple of different places, heard from a couple of different people that they were willing to really jump through hoops for Clowney, offering him a single year deal. At like 17 to 18 million, and even willing to structure a multi-year deal, like they were ready to make him happy. They were for for real. The Browns were, were really for real about signing Clowney, and he balked at him. He did not want that deal, and he's not going to get that money anyplace else. The Browns now have 11 million committed to. Vernon, still tons of cap room. I just don't see it happening at this point with Clowney. They've danced, you know, dance, monkey, dance. They've they've done it. They've done everything they can, you know, really to oh, try man. to appease him. And, and I don't know what. It's weird because he has the same agent as Miles Garrett, right? Bus Cook is his agent. And I guess uh, at some point. The Browns probably were like, "All right, let's just put Clowney aside. We've tried this, that, the other. Uh, they need to have a good working relationship with Bus Cook because that's who they're working out the extension on Miles Garrett with. So, at some point, that just goes away. Is it is he completely off the table? I don't know. Can I see? What do I, do I see? Uh, you know, the Raiders supposedly came in with an offer that's much lower than, than the Titans, or the Titans haven't really made an offer but have showed interest. But like Seattle was in the 15 million for one year range at one point. I, I bet she ends up in Seattle. Like he, he mentioned, like Tony brought up last week, he wants to go to New Orleans or Dallas. Yeah, sure, but they they just don't have a cap room to do it. They don't. Um, it would take some real gymna- cap gymnastics to make that work for them, and I just don't see it happening. And so I think Clowney ends up back in Seattle more than likely Maybe on like that fifteen million dollar deal, maybe he gets a couple million in incentive, and he can get out of there with seventeen or eighteen. You know, this whole thing started with him wanting like twenty, twenty two, but realistically, you know, he's tremendous against the run. He is a terrific disruptor, but the guy has never had double digit sacks. He had three sacks last year. I mean, sex is what gets you paid, man. Getting to the quarterback is how you get, you know, you secure the bag by getting to the quarterback. And he's, you know, he'll be able to make his money, but it's not going to be what he thinks he's worth, especially when he only played 11 games. Again, you've got injury issues. You've got no double-digit sacks. I'm fine if the Browns move on from Clowney completely and just I'm I'm fine if they stood pat with what they have with Adrian Claiborne, Garrett, and Vernon, um, and they have some more depth there, but those are your three main guys, um. That, i I guess that's that's just where I'm at with with that um let me check here on twitter uh I had a conversation or we were talking a little bit about this um, just recently here uh asking if they thought that was it for the clowny deal. Uh, a couple people had a couple things to say. I just wanted to make sure I'm not missing anything. Um. Looking good in that t-shirt, man. Looking good in that t-shirt. John Tiedemann. Looking good in the All Eyes on Cleveland t-shirt. Uh, there's pictures of the, uh, um. Where I am right now in the home studio anyways i I think what I'm looking for I am not finding um, at the moment uh, but yeah so i I just think that uh that probably ends the pursuit of clowny. Considering the way Ch- Charles Robinson laid it out of Yahoo Sports, he made it sound like the Browns really, really jumped through hoops for him, and I just don't see him coming back from that at this point. If they're willing to give him that eleven million guaranteed, and just kind of say that that's that, so. The, that's the whole story with the Vernon thing there uh do they look for another edge maybe in a more affordable range of you know five six million a year even less uh there's guys out there certainly to be had um so I don't know if they'll pursue that or not but at this point, I would not be surprised if they just go into camp with Vernon, Garrett, Claiborne, etc. But those three as your major uh, contributors and your rotational pieces on major downs. There, uh, David and Joku. Hired a uh, new topic here. David Njoku, you're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. I'm your host, Brad Ward. Uh, You can catch the podcast where all popular podcasts are found. Uh, But uh, David Njoku reportedly... uh, Drew Rosenhaus, right? Super Agent Drew Rosenhaus uh, was hired by Njoku like two days before this happened. But then, you know, suddenly he, uh, Rosenhaus, I guess, went in and told the boys, uh, Cleveland top men uh, in the front office, that he wants a trade. (laughs) He wants a trade. David Njoku wants out uh, after he uh, missed most of the season with injury and basically was a malcontent at the end of last year uh couldn't get on the field cuz of the Freddy Kitchens
2: oh, doghouse
1: yeah so <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> laugh it up laugh it up i know <laughs> david and joku uh yeah so I mean, here's the thing, right? The guy's a beast. Um, he could be uh really, really good. He's just inconsistent. Um Browns don't have to trade him, they don't have to do anything. He has no leverage. Once again, and we're gonna talk about another guy that did it, but these got you got guys all over the NFL getting bad advice. basically at, like, the worst possible time in the NFL for teams financially, not knowing what's going to happen because of coronavirus, the season approaching, a different-looking season approaching, uh, not knowing what the 21 cap for sure is going to look like. But, you know, guys requesting trades. um. He got a brand new start here. Kevin Stefanski, um, they even said it. All these guys came in, you know, Andrew Barry was part of drafting him, but but those guys came in and they were like, you know, Pshup. clean slate for both him and Higgins. Clean slate. Don't worry about th- what happened in the past. Clean slate uh, when they when they signed um, when they signed uh, their free agent tight end, and when they drafted a tight end, Njoku could have bitched then, but he took to Twitter and said, "Nah, man, competition. I love it. We'll all make each other better, right?" That that's uh, exactly. What he said on Twitter, or, or very close to it, and and then just days ago, uh, excited about you know what's to come. Uh, you know, even with Austin Hooper and uh, Harrison Bryant here, you know the coach is. I mean, he freaking loves tight ends. He's going to be in 12 personnel, 21 personnel, all kinds of different stuff where, I mean, they may even have three tight ends they set out on the field at times. I mean, he's going to get looks. He's going to be open, too, in this offense. Um, And I I think this is just a bad – it makes no sense. And the Browns don't have to trade him. But to be honest, I have this, I almost have this syndrome with guys in Cleveland. Like, if you don't want to fucking be here, then I don't want you fucking here. You know? Like, I don't want you here. Like, David Njoku is so talented, it hurts me to say this. Like, but dude... You don't want to be here. I don't want you here. I don't want you here. Um and that's just where I'm at with these guys. With these trades, so if they can get a fourth rounder for him, I would do it cuz I'm not worried about I'm not worried about his talent. He's been inconsistent. He could be a really good player for somebody. Uh, that's fine. Just don't trade him in the division. That's my only request. Don't trade him in the division. You know, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, as long as he doesn't go there, I don't give a shit. But I- I'm tired of... The Browns are not in a position anymore like they used to be where they had to cling to this talent, like cling on to it. And if a guy wanted out, it was... oh uh, No, David... You were, you were not good last year. You were a pain in the ass last year. You didn't, you know, you've been inconsistent. You flashed. He's a freakish athlete. I think he could be really good if he stuck around, kept his nose to the, to the grindstone. And they may handle it that way. Barry may say, tough shit, David. Tough shit. You're staying here, and he may have to, you know, get his touches in this offense, and, and try to earn more. But I, I'm done. Like, with this, we have enough talent now. It's like, if you don't want to be a Cleveland Brown, then I don't want you to be a fucking Cleveland Brown. See ya. So, that's where I'm at with that. That's not, that's not to say that's how the Browns will handle it. And that's not to say that's the smartest way to handle this situation, but that's where I'm at with it because, I mean, same thing Duke Johnson last year. Sorry, Duke Johnson didn't want to be here. I I, I, I didn't want him here. I I, I was never a big fan of Duke Johnson. People love Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson was fantastic on two of the worst football teams I've ever seen. I don't know what that means, but... To me, it didn't mean a whole lot. Uh, let's proceed here. You're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, with your host, Brad Ward, it will be published tomorrow morning. Uh, tomorrow is a sucka-free Friday. So make sure you keep those suckers out of your life. Stay sucka-free. And uh, make sure you grab, uh, um, bring up on your phone and your... Laptop and all that good stuff. The uh, all eyes on Cleveland at uh, USA Today Sports Media Groups. The BrownsWire dot com. You can also go to the webpage All Eyes on Cleveland dot com, or you know, Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Radio dot com, TuneIn app, any of those. It's it's everywhere that you want to go. SoundCloud. You can get it anywhere now. Um, so for sure. Uh, we we talked with uh, Tony Pauline last week a lot about some of the things that might happen protocol wise. He was very informative uh, on and broke some news on some of those topics. So J C Treader and and Ken Carmen, uh, you know, friend of show, been on the show here with us before. Talked about a lot of this stuff, but. J.C. Treader as the NFLPA president, uh, cannot be endearing himself to, you know, Browns fans. For me, he's kind of pissing me off. Like, I, Ken said this on the air, like, naturally, he's probably going to start to rub people the wrong way uh, because of what just what his job is. And his job uh, right now is to represent the NFLPA. And he is just so naggy right now, like on Twitter, like this J.C. Treader, president of the NFLPA. Uh, we need the protocols. Uh, this isn't going to be safe. You guys aren't taking this seriously. Listen to your experts. We need the protocols. We need them sooner. It's just like, come on, dude. You're gonna get your protocols in plenty of time. Um, and uh, to li- hearing Mike Florio talk about the, these protocols and everything that, which I will say, they've made some good headway on this week. So they've come to agreement on some things that were up in the air going into this week. So they are proceeding forward with some of this stuff. They've met agreements. They've, you know, voted some things in. Uh, There are still some snags, but they are working together to come to this agreement. But hey. They signed a CBA during the pandemic. I mean, they just did this. Brand new CBA during the pandemic. Like, when push comes to shove, the NFL can say, sorry, this is the way it is. They just did this. There's no... There's no legal standing for, like, another, you know, them to come up with a whole new collective bargaining agreement just for this season. They're doing that. They're working with the Players Association because it's the right thing to do in this climate and and because of the pandemic and everything. But the NFL doesn't have to necessarily do that. Like, they've already... Like, when the the Players Association signed off on four preseason games, like, the NFL, they did that during the pandemic. The NFL could have held their feet to the fire on that. They could have said, tough tough shit, you're playing four of them. But they let them vote it down to two, and they it's going to stay at two. Uh, I mean, that's just where that the players all voted, unanimously voted, for to do away with preseason games completely. We'll see what happens with that, but I can't imagine the NFL budging on that. I think that that, that stays at two games. They want a practice dry run on all of this stuff that's going to have to be implemented that's different from every other season. So, um. Yeah, J.C. Treader is rubbing me the wrong way. You were right, Ken Carmen. and I love J.C. Treader. He's our center. He's great, and he doesn't sound like anything like that weird whiny voice that I made him sound like. But that's just what it feels like when you read his tweets. Are like, oh, come on, man, just give him a chance. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna get the protocols in there. We all have plenty of time to get the Purell stations and and, and clean everything according to the guidelines and you know social distance and it'll all be in place everybody every team will know exactly what they're supposed to do and and they'll be able to do it so let's you know sitting here and trying to say like that they're playing games or or the NFL is being shifty in some sort of way uh, by holding back information. I don't think it's the case, and I hate hearing him say that because all that does is, you know, tell he, he's representing the players, and that just pushes them further apart. However, they have come together this week, uh, and the thing, you know, at this point, um, basically a couple sticking points. They, they've come to agreements on training camp, a lot of, you know, the training camp protocols, uh, what the building's gonna be like, what, you know, they're, they're really getting down to, uh, according to, and I wanna double check this, but, uh, today and, and where they're really hammering it out right now is with the testing, right? Uh, as the players want tested every day, The plan was every other day. I agree with the everyday testing thing. Uh, Once again, though, we are not far enough along to have the rapid response testing in place yet. So um, that plays a, a big part in this. So that's what they're hammering out now to come to some sort of an agreement. Uh, but they've, they have come t- together to agree on a lot of protocols when it comes to uh, training camp, which is great, because uh, that's coming up here at the end of the month. 28th, you're going to get rookies and quarterbacks. A week before that, uh, you know, we heard Tony Pauline say is probably down to 75, whether you... Uh, have the rookies in, rostering invites in, and maybe even some second-year guys in, and then cut them uh, before the 28th, or whether you just go off your information. I mean, Andrew Barry could sit down and say, okay, here's my 90. Well, him, 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 sorry, 75. I've also heard the number 80. So I don't think 75 is concrete. It could be 80. Uh, and it and it could just be, like, a recommendation, I've also heard, too. It may not be, like, a mandatory 80, but I think that teams won't have a problem doing that. Like, they're not going to want to keep extra guys around <laughs> in this situation. That seems really silly, right? Like, uh, if you can cut to 80 before you even start or 75 before you start, I think the teams are going to do that. Um, where they have met at here is the players wanted an opt-out date the nfl was really against that uh and it appears that the nfl is gonna give them an opt-out date they haven't given them an actual date yet but they will allow players to opt out uh you know if they have a pre-existing condition really the way it reads here and i'll kind of read it to you but Really anybody can opt out because it says um, if they fear for like their family's condition as a pre-existing condition, they have a pre-existing condition uh, all of these things they would be allowed to sit out and opt out of the season um, by whatever date but uh, and then it goes on to say um, any player who has any concerns, about playing during a pandemic would also be allowed to sit out. So, I mean, that's anybody, right? All you have to do is say, I'm concerned, and you can opt out. Now, I don't know how many of these opt-outs we'll see. Certainly, there will be guys with valid reasons to opt out. Um, But probably less than the other sports, I would think. And, and, uh, I mean... You only get so long in the NFL to make this money. Um, The virus is thinning and weakening, as Tony said. Um, A lot of the spikes that we're hearing about uh, are based on, like, cumulative numbers. You really got to look at, like, active numbers. Saw somebody do it with a study of like in Ohio here, like if you actually go to the Ohio health department page, it's like 0.1, like 1% of 1% of the population actively has COVID right now. Like, but the, the, but based on the cumulative numbers, it looks like this huge spike. But in reality, if you take, okay, Uh, The amount of people, the 40-some thousand people that have uh, either recovered or died, right, is the two outcomes that they had there. And then the spike to 57,000 total at this point, it leaves like 17,000 active cases out of like 11 million people in the state of Ohio. So so you really got to look at the numbers here. And certainly there are people with political agendas. I try to avoid all that as best as I can. Uh, But I really wanted to – I mean, obviously I'm biased because I want to see NFL football be played. So I tend to – people can accuse me of being whatever left – really, I'm for football, right? So whatever whatever makes it sound like football is going to be safe, that's what I'm leaning towards. I know that sounds messed up, but I would—I don't know what I'd do without a football season. So uh, we talked about Bus Cook. We talked about the protocols. We talked about them giving in on the opt-out date. The only other thing I'm going to hit on with the protocols here, real quick, is like I said, it's good news that came to the, the uh, concessions and they kind of met uh, together uh, to talk about. Um, well, they've been meeting, like, every other day. But they, they have come together uh, to uh, agree on training camp, basically. Now, <laughs> kind of funny. One thing that players are upset about right now is it looks like uh, they're going to say, like, uh, game day protocols or post post-game protocols are going to forbid players from doing the oh-so-popular jersey swap. This is insane. So, and this is what they're up in arms about. So, Deshaun Watson commented saying, this is silly. Uh, Richard, uh, Richard Sherman came out and said, this is crazy or... Or this is the uh, NFL's thinking in a nutshell. Uh, Why can players, you know, go out and tackle each other for six? I get it. And And then they can't switch swap jerseys. I totally get that. Common sense says that makes no sense, right? Like if you're truly creating a safe environment on the football field, where everybody has tested negative, that's out there. Uh, you play the game, the game's over, th- then they're still safe to switch jerseys with. The whole thing, though, is just like pick your battles, man. Pick your battles. We all want the season again. Pick your battles. Like, you got the rest of your career to swap jerseys with dudes after games. Like, how important is that, really? I mean, come on. That's just crazy to me. Um, So that's one that they're up in arms about. Uh, Another issue, obviously, is this money. So the league had pitched this terrible idea of holding 35% of the player's salary in escrow uh, to prepare for what could potentially happen financially in 21. But And then we saw reference to exactly what Tony mentioned where, hey, they may just artificially inflate the 21 cap and and borrow from future years. He said finance, but basically you would be borrowing from future years uh, revenues. So like hey if the cap goes up 25 million every year then it, they're going to make sure it goes up 25 million in 21 and so when you make 40 million in 22 and 23 they're going to pull funds from there to make sure that that cap gets, you know, paid back or you know Basically, it's financing from the future. So you're borrowing against future years revenues, which are pretty solid and more than likely will be there as long as the gates are there that aren't going to be there this year, which brings me to a perfect transition. Uh, So so before I transition from that, that seems to be the more likely scenario, this 35% Of Their salary has really gotten shot down by the players. That's going to go away. Uh, I think they'll come to a a meeting ground on that. I I think the NFL realizes that that's not going to go through. So the good thing is they're making progress. There's progress here. They've come to agreements. Uh, There's a couple snags on the issues kind of that I brought up that seem to be hot hot button issues for either one side or the other that they're like sticking points but like the two preseason games for the for the league and the zero for the players but ultimately in that scenario it's going to be what the league wants as ultimately they could have ruled with an iron fist through this whole thing but nobody wants that they want the players to be safe they need their support on this so they're willing to come to the table and and kind of negotiate this one time, uh, you know, this one off bargaining agreement uh, for this pandemic. Um, so that's what they're doing there. Unlike other sports, where that where it was necessary that they, that they had to do that um, for that situation, like baseball, who butchered it uh, basically. But baseball will be back soon. NBA will be back soon. I'm excited. I can't wait to play DraftKings. Uh, I've been playing golf, DraftKings. It's uh, not quite, I'm not quite as good at, with the golf uh, as I am. I, I'm very good at the basketball, DraftKings, very good at it with the NBA. Uh, baseball. Okay, not as much. Baseball is a lot more... uh, You kind of got to get super lucky. The the basketball for me is the most predictive of all of them, even including football, uh, if you do your research and stay on top of the stuff. So uh, I've had some success there uh, with the Ducats uh, playing some DK. So I'm anxious for that to get back let alone some playoff basketball. but And just some live sports, just some freaking live sports, man. So, um, yeah, the NFL – so the exact quote from the NFL Players Association uh, executive uh, Don Davis told the NFL to – Uh, kick rocks when it comes to that 35% escrow. So I have a feeling they'll be going towards probably more of what Tony told us about on the show last week, which is the financing or borrowing against future years to offset the potential uh, 21 cap drop and uh, try to kind of artificially inflate that so teams don't have to make decisions or blow up their rosters that they normally wouldn't have to. They're looking at uh, trying to agree on a 40-day pardon me, 48-day training camp. So, uh, that that looks good. Um, we talked about the exchanging of jerseys. Uh, media will be banned from the locker room. Interesting, right? Uh, but, but here, here it is, and, the, you know, they're making progress, and uh, but there's still work to be done, but it seems like they'll get it done. We talked about the videos, and uh, we're down to uh, our final uh, segment here on All Eyes on Cleveland. I'm Brad Ward. We're going to take a look at NFL.com's. Uh, The most complete teams in the NFL. Uh, This was done by Adam Sheen. A very interesting piece. Um, And uh, Mikey is going to go ahead and uh, hit some music real quick. Uh, And we're going to come back and do that final segment. We'll get you up and out of here. You are listening to All Eyes on Cleveland uh, and uh you could this will be published tomorrow morning at USA Today Sports Media Groups, the Brownswire dot com, or where all popular podcasts are found. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back with our final segment. we're back just a quick break there uh so i could uh grab a drink and finish this thing off all eyes on cleveland podcast where we uh interview the top personalities in the cleveland sports landscape discussing pressing pressing pardon me issues that face our favorite sports teams especially browns football um talk with uh uh, personalities, national personalities lately. Tony Pauline last week. We're going to have Andy Benoit. Knock on wood here in a couple couple weeks. I've been in communication with him. So those are some top, top men in the industry. Um, sure, we'll have Nick Shook back on. We'll have our Jeff Risden back on. Garrett Bush uh, next week. Uh, on, same time on Thursday. So, lot to look forward to here on, uh, All Eyes on Cleveland. As well as, uh, when we were talking about the, uh, studio that I finished and put pictures up at. Would like to go video at some point here. So, uh, would love to go video. I think... You know, that would just open up some avenues through YouTube and whatnot um, and other outlets. So we're working on that. We've got other ideas as well, potential sponsors in the wings. So trying to do big things here uh, on uh, All Eyes on Cleveland. So we appreciate your support and, uh, you know, stay with us. Uh, we We uh, definitely appreciate it. Mikey, go ahead and kill that. Thank you, sir. Mikey, doing a great job today on the ones and twos. Go ahead and give me a greedy real quick.
0: Greedy! Greedy?
1: (laughs) All right. All (laughs) right. Greedy. Yes, sir. Love that. Uh, every time. Uh, that's uh, Odell Beckham Jr.'s reaction to uh, Greedy Williams getting drafted by the Cleveland Browns. And one of my favorite clips. So we... Um, oh, before I go on to the end of this, Mikey, I watched... Uh, so everybody's watching everything Netflix, right? And and Amazon Prime and Hulu. And there's just... Uh, because of the sport, lack of sports, there's a a need for new content. It's like you check Netflix, and it's like, God, come out with something new. And then there's a lot of the stuff that's good. At first, I really had to get over. I had really, really, I, I got to be honest with you, had a hard time with the foreign shows, with the English, like voiceover like uh money heist got me over it because money heist was so good um that i was forced to watch it that way and that kind of got me over it so now it's kind of kind of opened my eyes to some of the other foreign ones but there are other good shows out uh the shows that are in season right now billions was in season i'm assuming they had to stop production because of COVID-19, because they just abruptly stopped mid-season. Uh, same thing happened a couple months ago with Black Monday, a show that's on uh, Showtime, and now it has returned. So they finished the, uh, I guess it, they had to stop post-production, so they were able to finish it now, and it's they're airing the rest of that season on Sunday nights. But uh, on Sunday night, there's a couple uh, documentaries that come through. Now, when it comes to documentaries, a documentary has to, like, grab me. It really does. Like, if it's slow and it's kind of, like, okay, you know, builds up to something, I I, I can't do it. Like, uh, I don't know why I can deal with a show that's like that because it's, like, you're, you're getting, like, character build and, and there's a, you know – an arc uh to the plot and everything but with the documentaries if it's just not there and gra- doesn't grab me and I don't know what it takes to grab me but like for example like the making making a murderer grab me the staircase grab me so like those uh you know grab me and those are intense ones i get that so i what we watched uh me and my wa- wife watched Outcry. It's on Stars. Uh, it's the Greg Kelly case, uh, sexual abuse case, um, and it was tremendous. Like, so the guy that did the—I um, recommend it to anybody. So, if you have Stars, all f- all five uh, episodes or all five parts are up on on-demand if you have cable. Um, if you don't have cable and you have access to stars, you can just go to the app and watch there, whatever. But uh, Outcry, and it's, uh, it's really, really good. Really, really good. Um, so I enjoyed that. Now, because the, the guy went to the, the kid... Uh, that the story is about. He's a high school football star in Texas, uh, Leander, Texas. He's a really good football player. Uh, and then all this stuff happens to him. At, you, you have to watch it. Uh, he's a, a accused of assault, uh, sexually assault on a minor. And, uh, 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 and then from there it goes on. But um, it's infuriating at times. Just as with the other ones I mentioned, the lack of investigation done and sometimes the incompetence of law enforcement. Now, certainly not all law enforcement is like that. These are, are uh, I'm not, you know, criticizing law enforcement. These people, though, were fucking morons. And uh, they're talking, I mean, you're talking about somebody's life and they just didn't do any work and it and he had forces working against him it's incredible it was it, the guy one guy described it as like the perfect storm and it really was like a perfect storm on this kid's life but anyways i urge you to watch it is very good uh but then after that i realized that so what ma- part of what makes it so good is the director of the the show outcry or the the documentary, uh, who is already famous. Um, but he went to Greg, the, the main guy when he was in jail, kind of right towards the beginning of the story and said, Hey, you know, I'm familiar with your story. Uh, this is what I want to film you, your family, every, you know anybody we can da 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 from here. So it's all in real time, like it's like the documentary is like it's not like going back and finding footage of this. Like it's all in real time, and you're getting reaction in real time from all the main players in this story, which was part of what makes it so spectacular. Um, and then uh, come to find out, in doing a little research after the show is over, he did a show uh, called Disgraced which I, I'm going to go back and watch or, or another documentary called Disgraced on the Baylor uh, murder cover up story so, uh, with the basketball uh, team basketball players so uh, I'm going to go back and watch that and that was obviously you know all over the news and everything uh, when that happened so uh, interesting stuff but uh, that's one I can tell you to check out uh, a couple other ones I, you know a lot of people have seen it. Some, some it slides by the cracks on. One of my favorites. That's not like you know. Obviously, I love your Breaking Bad's and your The Wire uh, are like my favorite. Probably like two shows ever. But like uh, Bloodline is one is right up there with those. And like your Dexter and stuff. But like Bloodline on Netflix is tremendous, 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 tremendous stuff. You gotta watch that if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, maybe that'll give you a, a good one. And here's one that not a lot of people know about or or slip through the cracks on a lot of people. But if you like like intense action, I mean, this is like probably one of the best shows I have ever seen, and not a lot of people talk about it. It's Banshee. Uh, it was on. Um, it was on Cinemax, I believe, uh, and it was. It's called Banshee, B A N S E S H. Pardon me, E E Banshee. The acting's great. The story is incredible. It gets a little dark, but you know, I I, I don't mind that. I, I like the stories that are like that. But really, 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 really incredible series. I would urge you to watch that if you haven't seen it. Um, I think you can find it. On one of your streaming services, but it was on Cinemax originally. So there's just a couple recommendations for me. What I've been watching recently, uh, not those ones recently, but those are a couple of my favorites that not everybody's heard of, but uh, just got done with Outcry and Exceptional. Let's get to uh, back to it here on All Eyes on Cleveland. The uh, most complete teams in the nfl nine most complete teams in the nfl so i i was surprised at one i didn't think the ravens would be one but they have adam this is adam sheen of nfl.com he has the ravens at one says the best roster in the nfl bar none Do you believe that that the that the Ravens have the best roster in the NFL bar none? I, I don't uh, know about that. Um, let me bring this up here. No, oh, I guess not. I got notes here, too, but uh, take a look at my notes. But, yes, best roster, Barnum. I, I don't know about that. Um, I was going to say San Francisco or the Chiefs. Either one, I would have been fine with it. one, but he, he's got the Ravens at one. He's got San Francisco at two. Okay. Uh. They've added Brandon Ayuk. I think he's a perfect add for them. Uh, Debo Samuel broke his foot. I don't know what, you know, that really plays. I think he'll be fine by the time the season starts. They lost uh, one of those studs on the front line, but then they uh, drafted a stud, too. Uh, And uh, so they they uh, just kind of reloaded and uh the the stuff with San Francisco right now is the moster trade right so we were talking about demanding a trade uh but moster the you know star there down the stretch for them demanding a trade it's interesting about him demanding a trade and I'll make this quick here as i know uh you know we're over an hour here but Good, good content. I think here tonight. Moster trade. Uh, his deal was to pay him for he's a he's a special teams expertise. So he got like a what you would give a really good special teamer, right? Um, and that's where his deal was based on. And, and to, for him, he's saying, I. I wasn't a special teamer at all down the stretch. I was a star. I was catching the ball to the backfield. I was rushing for hundreds of yards. I was scoring touchdowns. Don't pay me like a special teamer anymore. Pay me like a, a star running back. Uh, and he points to another one of their running backs, Tevin Coleman, who's making around, you know, four point something million dollars and he's and he says that's that's what I want to get paid like. So, we'll see what happens there, but I don't think that they will pay him. I think that they will trade him uh cuz running back is a position that you just don't have any leverage with. Uh so Raheem Moster probably on the move in my opinion. But San Francisco is the number two most complete team in the NFL by Adam Sheen uh, at nFL.com. Okay, I might have had him I might have flip flopped those two, or probably it's hard to say if the chiefs are three on this list, right? The chiefs are three, but the chiefs are they the most complete? Uh, are they as complete as the Ravens and Niners? Probably not. So I would have to agree with them there defensively, with the exception of, like, you know, Chris Jones and a couple other guys, uh, you know, Honey Badger. They they do lack a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. Now that Chris Jones situation, he needs signed. He wants $20 million. There's a franchise tag out there. Who knows what's going to happen to him? He's threatened to sit out. Uh, we talked about that last week a little bit. So that, that whole situation is up in the air. That certainly would not help the completeness of their team. Uh, but one thing that does is a half a billion dollar contract over 10 years to one Patrick Mahomes. Uh, wowza. Uh, there, but the thing, the craziest thing about that is that in two years, the highest paid quarterback will probably be making close to 50 a year. So, what is that contract really is going to be team beneficial after like four years at the least? Maybe even, maybe even sooner. So, and he can always ask for more money. I mean, he is Patrick Mahomes. So, uh, I mean, if he wins another Super Bowl, he can just turn around and ask for more restructure. But, I mean, that's that's a crazy deal. Ten years. I'm surprised that he was willing to lock lock down for ten years. I would have figured that he would have wanted to give uh, himself an opportunity to, like, you know, reset the market four years, reset the market four years, and then, like, maybe reset the market one more time if you're that good. Uh, you know, that last time you could be resetting the market for for who knows what, you know, um, and – uh, I know that seems like an absurd amount of money, but f- when you just cut it down by years, over 10 years, and that's with all the – so it's four seventy seven, four $477 million over 10 years with incentives he can make 503. So if we just call it 50 uh, over 10 years, uh, $50 million over 10 years – or $500 million, pardon me, over 10 years – uh, then you're saying he's making $50 million a year. I mean, somebody's going to make that in within four years for sure, if not sooner. Interesting stuff. The fourth most complete team, according to this list, NFL.com by Adam Sheen, is the New Orleans Saints. Uh Emmanuel Sanders they've added. Uh, Of course, they have Michael Thomas. Defensively, uh, they have, you know, Malcolm Jenkins and some good players over there. Uh, But they are not overwhelming defensively. Um, And Drew Brees, and I know it's it's the magic of Sean Payton that has allowed Breeze to play to this age because he really can't push the ball down the field much anymore, um, but is still able to be accurate on the uh, underneath stuff and the short stuff uh, and be successful. And that's what, I mean, Sean Payton just is so good, there's guys running open on every play. Uh, and he and he hits them. So, um, them at four. Let's put a question mark there. Tampa Bay at five. The interesting here thing here. Tampa Bay. Obviously, you love their offense, right? Uh, with Brady Gronk. Uh, just look at the tight ends: uh, OJ Howard, uh, Cameron Brait, and then you go outside for Goodwin Evans. Uh, I mean, it's crazy, right? And they could add even more talent out there. But when you look at that, and then you go to the defensive side of the ball, and you see the young talent that they have uh, and the speed they have, Uh, I like them as a – their defense is strong, in my opinion, full of speed and – uh, aggression and I I just think that I almost I would put Tampa Bay at four and I would move New Orleans to five so that's the second change I would make on this list here uh, the Buffalo Bills add Stefan Diggs they draft Zach Moss they have already Tredavious White still on a rookie deal uh, you know Josh Allen, who I liked ever since he came out the draft, despite, you know, people make fun of his accuracy, but the guy is just a freaking good football player. Uh, the Buffalo Bills at six. The Dallas Cowboys at seven. Now, the qu- question is, the most complete football team is in the NFL. The Buffalo Bills at six. The Cowboys at 7, Tampa Bay at 5, New Orleans at 4. Now, I already said I would have New Orleans at 5, Tampa Bay at 4. I'm fine with the Bills at 6. I Is Dallas that complete? Mike McCarthy, uh, you're going to have Dak. C.D. Lamb, Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup. I mean, that makes your draw drop. Uh, that those wide receivers, that talent is exceptional. So, offensive side of the ball, really, really good. Defensively, um, I think they lost some guys in the secondary. Byron Jones goes to Miami. Uh, I mean. I guess you could have them there. All right. But how about this? Number eight. The number eight team. Most complete teams in the NFL via NFL.com. Your Cleveland Browns. So he goes in to talk about the Cleveland Browns and they got him here on the list. I was a little surprised that they had him at eighth most complete team, uh, eighth most complete team in the NFL, but uh, glad to see that, that Adam. Uh, Sheen of NFL.com had him on here. Uh, just right after um who uh, right after Dallas at seven. So so far it goes Ravens, San Francisco, KC, Nola, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Dallas, Cleveland. And, and he talks about the offense. And the offense is obviously loaded and very complete. Son of a just dropped something. Uh, and very complete but um on the defense side of the ball there's question marks right you know like i i like the, what the secondary potentially could be but they've got to show it right they've really got to show it like Gre- greedy's got to show it delpit's got to show it um and and i just i like the i like their secondary i just I mean, even Denzel's got to show it. Um, it's it's It'll be interesting. But his quote about the Browns' defense is, they have dudes, quote-unquote dudes, all over the place. And I think that's meant to be, a, like, a good thing. Like, dudes, like ballers, like good players, they have dudes all over the place on defense. So... That was his evaluation. Uh, I, I mean, there's a couple dudes, right? There's Miles Garrett. He's definitely a dude. Uh, Ogan Joby's a dude. Sheldon Richardson's a dude. Olivier Vernon, I wouldn't call him a dude yet. I mean, maybe he's a dude. But we don't really know uh, what he's going to be. I mean, Denzel Ward is a dude when he's healthy. Uh and then, other than that, I mean, Mac Wilson is definitely a dude, but after that, what? uh, I mean, I really like their new strong safety. Why is his name always escape me? I've got it right here. uh, I love Carl Joseph at Strong Safety, so I'll call him a dude, so I guess they've got dudes all over the place, but they've got some weak spots that we're unsure about, right. Uh, I was surprised to see the defensive side of the ball lauded like that. And the Browns called that complete of a team. I would have said offense, for sure, top 10. But as complete of a team, they've got them eight in the NFL. So not going to complain. Really good stuff. Uh, Indiana, uh, pardon me, <laughs> Indiana. the Indianapolis Colts are number nine, and that ends the list. Uh They should not be in the top ten in uh, complete teams, I don't think at all. I think there's a number of teams neglected, if you're going to put the Colts at nine, but they in the notes they say they added Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman Jr., those aren't lies, and then, of course, Phillip Rivers. I have a lot of questions about Phillip Rivers. I don't know... What you can say like Philip Rivers did in San Diego was uh, not great last year and didn't win them games in, in the position to win them games, and he needed to, and and had a really good defense out there and everything. So what's going to change in Indianapolis? I like Frank Wright. Maybe he... Maybe he puts together a really puts him in a really good position. There's no question he's a gamer, Philip Rivers, and and it will show up and do everything he can. But I just you know, top top ten, number nine most complete oh, man. team. That's a negative on my part. But but the Brownies at number eight with dudes all over the place, he says. So uh, there you have it. Um, this has been uh, All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, tonight's show. Uh, we pretty much hit every topic we wanted to hit. Pay attention to that NFL and the NFLPA as they uh, continue to hopefully lock things down here uh, as we get closer to camp. Uh, kicking off with rookies uh, and, and quarterbacks, and then uh, on the 28th, uh, everybody uh, will have their conditioning and their testing, uh, COVID-19 testing done, and hopefully uh, that date doesn't get moved. Please, knock on wood. Don't move that date. Keep that date there. Let's keep it moving. Let's get the season started. No start and stop. That's that's what I want to see. I just want to see some football. Uh, the other really big thing, last thing, is it sounds like we're going to have some fans in the stadium. So week one at Baltimore, it sounds like they're going to have under 14. They will allow under 14,000 people in the stadium. That's great news. Uh, just to have some people there, I think changes everything. Um, and and that's fantastic news. And Brown's season ticket holders, you will receive a letter if you haven't already. They're gonna give you the option to, uh, you know, opt out of this year, apply your payment to next year. You keep your seats. You're not gonna lose your seat or anything like that. Uh, but if you, you know, if you want to use them towards this year, you can, I'm sure you'll have questions surrounding that, but it does sound like the Browns will have at least some fans in the stands as well, or else I doubt they'd be sending all that stuff out and information and potentially waivers to everybody. So, um, that's kind of where all that is. Uh, Once again, this has been um, All Eyes on Cleveland. I really hope you enjoyed it. You can catch us where all popular podcasts are found. We'll be back uh, maybe with a show in between and maybe another quick hitter. Uh, This wasn't so quick, but a quick hitter. And then uh, next Thursday, Garrett Bush of the Barbershop on 92.3 The Fan will be with us for Mikey on the ones and twos, I am Brad Ward. We are out. we the
2: watching the sweet things To block three on the cut, moving on your what, whatever you got, we gon' get. Bringing our point to your position, ripping stages with my thought coalition. Carrying on, eradicate all your stress mode. Just another episode through these area codes, we banking on. High times, runnin' do your city. If you're missin' out at a show, we gon' get we got. High times, runnin' do your city. The hotness talked about but never seen at the lock. nest Did you cop this, dropping inside your vein, You're like a train, you be running throughout your legs and arms. Your high offer, talent of and charm. Check the caliber. It's a smash like some food on stage with Gallagher. Wear well, you bib because it's messy. Niggas scheming on my girl as like, if my name was Jesse. Watch your manners. Now let me pass it off the day Yo, I said travels like Cameron Garou. Small talking in the big city. It's all about getting the coins. Everywhere I go, I
0: touch a tender loin. Exporting a dot-com Vietmar, at buy bomb on your metro. Model order, I iron horse. Yo, take the cross and meet a nigga at the butcher. Cutting your girl, we on a world tour. Supplying your bloodstream with nothing but the pure uncut.
2: High times, wanna do your city. If you are missing out, it'll show we really we got high times, wanna do your city mm. <laughing> We break, the 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 Walking on the
0: yellow brick road no these streets they red and bloody, kids study your code, so you can easily pass. That's a little love when I'm on the visitation. If you cross my lines, nigga, do the same. I'm guaranteed to run through and prove the game. Ain't bigger than the pieces in it. You see the pieces in it had me stuck traveling one side of the map. Clapping hands with rat cats who ain't deserve that. Long hauls are living out of suitcase, man. Chicken heads and gangs of fruitcakes, man. Ain't nothing better than exploring the outskirts, especially when she ain't got no pantyhose on, and it's on. Our time. times wanna do your city if you're missing out. There to show we your we got our times.
2: Jay oh, oh, Banner getting down. And we got oh, Maceo oh, getting down. Oh, 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 and of course, my nigga oh, Eno getting down. And, mm, oh, oh, and, oh, 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 and we got JD oh, 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 oh. oh, oh getting down. And of course, B getting down. And we got My Man Christ getting down. And we got Tom getting down. And we got N.D. getting down. You know Troy Hightower getting down. And we got C. Smith getting down. And my nigga Dave West.